Beloved by God Church, let us begin our service before the Lord. Let us stand up and confirm the confessions of the faith of our heart, the promise that belongs to the door of our hope. May the resurrection of Christ rule within our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your name for the great privilege of being in this place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your holy name. And now allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted up to heights that are not reachable for us and destroy all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service, as before, all the works of devil be cursed, illnesses, poverty, untimely death, demonic possession, all matter of fear, depression, destruction, ignorance, and error. All of this may depart from the tents of your holy nation. And now stand, O Lord, upon the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might. And may your saints be clothed into your salvation and rejoice before your face. Give us more of your Spirit. Saturate us with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to find your great face. We present the service by Apostle Arkady into your godly hands, and we pray, continue to lead it with a mighty and powerful arm, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May be blessed. Please be seated. Beloved by God, Church, mercy and peace to you, and may it increase. I would like to continue the sermon called To Please God. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Hebrews 11.5 This sermon is called To Please God. I will remind us that studying this unique verse, we've noted that Enoch is mentioned in it and that he belongs to the examples we have of heroes of faith. And he stands uniquely apart from all of the other heroes of faith who are mentioned in this chapter, whose faith we need to imitate. Because unlike Enoch, it says these all died by faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth, Hebrews 11.13. Therefore, in the words of the studied by us verse, we see a revelation of a unique in its nature promise consisting in God after we have grown the born by us Methuselah into a perfect man who will achieve the fullness of growth of Christ in the symbolic number of 300. He intends to move us to heaven, allowing us to bypass or avoid death which expects us all. Therefore, in the given verse, the faith of man is presented in obedience to the faith of God, where he is called to conquer death in his body in the form of the old man. Passed on by the sinful seed of our fathers, so that after he can receive the right to the ability to pay the price for the abil ability to walk before God for 300 years so that he can please God. And in this we receive the right to the power to be moved to heaven, bypassing the death that expects us all. Therefore, it is not the fact of birth, of the birth of Methuselah in the plan of our received justification in the fruit of righteousness which we have received 
by investing the received by us guarantee of salvation in the seat of justification, but rather the walk before God for, for the span of 300 years, growing our Methuselah is what pleases God. To walk before God means to grow your Methuselah, which in practice means continue to sanctify yourself so that you can perform justice or perform righteousness as it is written. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. Revelations 22:11. In other words, the righteous person in the fruit of his justification, consisting in Methuselah, in sanctification always pursues the goal, consisting in performing justice. Sanctification is continuously keeping yourself from idols or continuously separating yourself from all of what is an idol from which we need to keep ourselves or sanctify ourselves so that we are not inadvertently drawn to anointing gifts of the Holy Spirit or blessing and it turns into idol worshipping. For a specific amount of time, when we have the fruit of justification, it is not sin that is dangerous to us in its pure form, but idols, specifically idols. And so we need to keep ourselves from these idols. And because as we have noted more than once, every time we upon our list of priorities put anointing above the anointer, whom we are called to seek in all interactions with God and with one another, Searching and thirsting for anointing turns then into our idol. Equally, when searching to the, for the gifts of the Holy Spirit is placed above your thirst to be led by the Holy Spirit upon your list of priorities, then the search for the gifts of the Holy Spirit turns into our idol. Also, when searching for blessing is placed upon your list of priorities above the blesser, then the blessings turn into our idols. This is specifically why many of the books of apostle, of the apostles contain the following words, Little children, keep yourself from idols. Amen. 1 John 5.21 According to the revelations of Scripture, moving to heaven to God by, by, by pa- bypassing death, which is expecting us all, is the brightest hope of our trust, which was concealed from prior generations and was kept in heaven for those who fear God, who live in the last days. Therefore, in its fullness, this unique promise is called to be revealed by God only in the last times for those who fear Him by the obedience of our faith to the faith of God presented in Scripture in the preached word, uh, words of the apostles and prophets who are called by the Holy Spirit to be the lips of God and carriers of the seed of the Word. And it is identified in Scripture as the promise of this glorious hope for those who fear God in the last days as the pure and undefiled inheritance that is in Christ Jesus reserved for for us in heaven, ready to be revealed only to the saints who have made these last times at the door of the 70th week. Then I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for the time, times, and a half time. And so when it says the last times, or time and time and a half, this is uh, at the middle of the week, the last week, and the middle of that week. And so he said, for that shall be for the time, time and a half, and when the power of the Holy Spirit, 
power of the holy people has been complete, completely shattered. Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall the end of these things th these things be? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall be wicked, do wickedly. That, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise will understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. This is the middle of the week. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. But you go to your go your way till the end, for you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. Daniel 12, 7 through 13. These words speak of the prophets of the Old Testament in the last days at the start of the 70th week will rise to receive their inheritance and together with those who fear God will receive their imperishable bodies. Apostle Paul called the inheritance which we will receive with all who are sanctified a living hope belonging to the incorruptible inheritance that is undefiled and does not fade away, that is kept in heaven for us. As it is written, 1 Peter 1, 3-5, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begun us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. The virtue of living hope consisting in the imperishable inheritance in the form of our imperishable body is precisely called for the last days and is our primary and noble goal which we can inherit in no other way but by knowing the good, acceptable and perfect will of God which is called to be for us that same truth which we need to know which according to the words of Christ we are called by the established by us justification in the form of the born by us, by us Methuselah to make us free from slavery of sin so we can receive the right to the power to be slaves of righteousness and in this way obtain the right and ability to walk before God so we can please God. As it is written, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him that is established in him in his words, if you abide in my words, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8, 31, 32. According to the given place, we conclude that it isn't fasting and prayer repentance connected with encounters which resist the truth are what are called to make us free from sin, but rather it is knowing the truth of the teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh is what is called to make us free of sin, to, cl to clothe us into the holy mantle of students of Christ. Therefore, according to the words of Christ, to move to heaven, bypassing death, which expects us all, we need to unite with the truth of the preached to us word into a marital union consisting of faith in a specific imperishable promise that is able to be opened to us only by abiding in the preached word or obeying our faith to God's faith spoken in the words of the messengers of God, which makes us true students of Christ or servants of righteousness. It is specifically the noble status of students of Christ is what gives us the ability to know the truth or to make a marital union with the truth, which gives us the right to the power to proclaim the not-existent stronghold of life within our body as existent.
and it is only this kind of marriage union of the students of Christ with the truth of the word of God is what makes us perfect in Christ Jesus, or free from slavery to governing sin, living within our body in the form of the old man with his deeds, whom we have uh, removed from power, <clears throat> and we wait for the time when he will be thrusted out with noise into hell. It is only this kind of marital union with the truth of the preached to us word that clothes us into a noble uh, slave of righteousness or into a desirable domination of the truth over us which we have concealed within our heart in the format of the elementary teaching of Christ which is demonstrated in the fruit of our meek or gentle lips which we have grown into the tree of life in the Eden of our heart it is specifically a gentle tongue disciplined by the truth of the word of God represents the rule of the grace of God within our heart through the righteousness of the heart which is confessed in the fruit of our gentle tongue as it is written a wholesome tongue is a tree of life but perverseness in it breaks the spirit Proverbs 15 4 therefore moving to heaven and avoiding the death which expects us all is the result of the work of righteousness in growing our Methuselah and walk before God waiting for the salvation of your earthly body by the adoption of Christ to receive the right to be moved to heaven by passing death expecting us all it is most glorious it is the most glorious promise and primary goal of our incorrupt and undefiled inheritance that is in Jesus Christ which is tightly linked with a series of oath other oath promises of God which we need to be clothed into otherwise we will not be allowed to move to heaven and bypass the expecting us death which Enoch himself conquered since all these promises including the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ is an integral part of our imperishable inheritance as they serve in building our body into a temple of the Holy Spirit due to which it was necessary for us to answer these three primary questions Question 1. What do we need to do to receive the right and ability to be to walk before God so that we can please God and receive a living testimony that we pleased God in the form of our new heavenly body? And we already looked at this question by studying the events of Jairus, and the, who is the ruler of the synagogue. Question 2. What criteria and characteristics do the scriptures provide for the fullness of our incorruptible, undefiled, an unfading inheritance that is in Jesus Christ, which isn't given to us in the form of a menu in a restaurant where we can just choose something and leave something else, considering that for every oath promise that is included in our inheritance and the incorruptible and unfading inheritance that is in Jesus Christ, we need to pay a price. Since every promise is given to us exclusively in the format of a seed, which we received into a conscience that is cleansed from dead works or the soil of our heart and are called to grow into the fruits of the Spirit. Everything that is given to us, it is given to us in the form of a seed. In a specific format, we already studied this second question also in the 12 components, identifying our lot in the form of our incorruptible and undefiled inheritance. Therefore, we will immediately go on to the next question. Question 3. What price do we need to pay so that we can walk before God so that we can please God and inherit the heritage of God, the Father, which He gave to His Son, Jesus Christ, which we are called to inherit in Christ in the seed of the Word so that we can in turn grow the seed into fruit 
the fruit of the kingdom of heaven, consisting of the stronghold of life, so that it can rule within our body in the place of the stronghold of death. As it is written, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Genesis 5.24 Before we begin to study the components of the price for the right and ability to walk before God, so that we can please God, it is necessary for us to at least, in short, definitions identify the various functions identify the essence of walking with God in other words what does it mean to walk with God to walk with God means walk in the same light that God walks in be led by the Holy Spirit think about what is spiritual to walk by faith or obey your faith to the faith of God Perform righteousness and sanctify yourself. Clothe yourself into the love of God agape. Take the reproach of those who reproach Christ. Perform the justice of God. Show mercy to the vessels of mercy and call wrath upon the vessels of wickedness. Have a non-greedy character or nature. Forgive your neighbors as Christ has forgiven you. These are the this, I, these identify uh, the phrase, to walk with God, to please God. First component of the price for the right to walk before God, so that we can please God, is to walk in the same light that God walks in. As it is written, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1, 6, 7. First, if we walk in the same light that God walks in, then we have fellowship with one another or an organic partaking to the body of Christ, where God has put a remembrance for His name, which makes us united in spirit with God and with one another. We need to understand that it is in <clears throat> it is in no way referring to fellowship in the flesh or friendship according to interests belonging to the flesh. Walking in the same light that God walks unites us with all of the saints and the church of the firstborn written in heaven. As it is written, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Philippians 2, 1-3 Second, if we walk in the same light that God walks in, only then and only then does the blood of Jesus Christ receive the legitimate ability to wash us from all sin and bring the life of God to both our spiritual essence as well as our bodily essence. Otherwise, all of our prayers and cursing in the name of the blood of Jesus Christ will be inputted to us as sin because we do not comprehend the boundaries of the light consisting in the boundaries of the spoken by God word in the boundaries of which God himself walks. God walks in the boundaries within the boundaries of a spoken word, which is a light for the world. We know well by now that God walks in the light of the chosen by him word, which for him is first a commandment or the boundary which he will never violate, but within the boundaries 
of the spoken by him word, he will fulfill all that he has spoken with his mouth. The word spoken by God possesses an unearthly, an unearthly crushing power and might. Upon the condition that we bring this word into our heart in the format of a commandment of the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh as an everlasting law and immutable and will confess it in fruits of our gentle lips as the faith of our heart. Remembering that the word of God abiding in us in the format of thoughts gives us the right to rule over these thoughts and if we confess in what we believe the word of the faith of our heart spoken by our lips becomes our master because we are created in the image and likeness of God. The thoughts of God are his servants and he rules over his thoughts. But as soon as he speaks his thoughts in the format of his word, then his word that is spoken by him becomes his master and he becomes a servant of his spoken word and begins to be vigilant over it. He knows, of course, about this. And so before he speaks a word, he thinks well about whether he wants this. He can do it, but God only does what he wants. And so that's why one uh, who was leprous came up to him and asked, uh, Lord, uh, if you are willing, uh, you can make me clean. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandments of God our Savior. Titus 1, 1 through 3. We will remember that God speaks his word only upon the place where he first placed a remembrance for his name. That is, that is exclusively in his temple in which he lives and what is the house of prayer for all nations and tribes and such a temple is called the church of Jesus Christ which is the body of Christ the place where he must honor where we must honor God with tithes and offerings and worship God in spirit and in truth now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran so he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set and he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he lay down in that place to sleep then he dreamed and behold a ladder was set up on earth and its top reached to heaven and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it and behold the Lord stood above it and said I am the Lord God of Abraham your father and the God of Isaac the land of which you lie I will give to you and your descendants also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth you shall spread abroad to the west and the east to the north and the south and in you and in your seed all the families of of the earth shall be blessed behold I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you you see God speaks says that if I have spoken I will fulfill and I will do it and we need to know that very well and not be disappointed in prayer if a response is, is, is seems to not be coming as quickly. God, if he has said something, he will fulfill it. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. 
Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. This is why the church, these are the gates of, of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. And he called that name of that place Bethel, but the name of the, of the city had been loosed previously. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and keeps me in this way that I am going, and gives me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I came come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that you give me I will surely give you a tenth part. Genesis 28, 10-22 And the descendant of Jacob, David, about whom God had said, testifying, I found a man after my own heart, who will fulfill all my will, and for this reason he also spoke these words, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above all of your name. Psalm 138.2 Relevant to this, God had at many different uh, times and different occasions commanded Moses, an altar of earth you shall make for me and you shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I record my name, I will come to you and I will bless you. And if you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it of hewn stone, for if you use your tool on it, you have profaned it, nor shall you go up by steps to my altar that your nakedness may not be exposed on it. Exodus 20, 24 through 26 it is referring to the fact that we can only build ourselves into an altar of the, of the Lord from the earth upon the place called our church that satisfies the requirements of the body of Christ containing the order of the kingdom of heaven called theocracy. It is specifically there where God has uh, placed his mark and that's where he has placed his uh, remembrance. To build yourself into an altar of the Lord is to pursue the goal of the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God within your heart. The offering or sacrifice upon this altar is forgiveness, which is according to the demands of the perfect will of God. 1 John 5, 14, 15. Now this is the confidence we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked of Him. Therefore, only when we walk in the light of the spoken by God word, in the format of the teaching of Jesus Christ, who has come in the flesh, we become partakers of the body of Christ and only upon His condition this condition, the blood of Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sin. Without this element, we cannot be justified with cleansing from all sin, and consequently no walk before God can be considered or possible out of the boundaries of the spoken by God words. Third component of the price for the right to walk before God so that we can please God consists in us needing to know the price we need to pay for the right to worship God in spirit and in truth, or how to build yourself into an altar of the Lord, or an altar of this earth upon the place where God records His name. 
John 4, 23, 24, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. I will remind us, an altar of the earth is symbolically our body upon the condition that the members of our body are given to God to be slaves of righteousness. A worshiper of God who brings God an offering of praise of the lips in spirit and in truth upon such an altar can only be a person who has dedicated himself as a king, priest, and prophet. And we will remember that God will never put a remembrance of his name upon a person who is not his worshiper or in the form of a king, priest, and prophet to be the temple of the living God. We conclude that to worship in spirit is something only a spiritual person can do who thinks or meditates about the things of heaven as it is written for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God Romans 8 5 through 8 spiritual thinking as we remember is a mark of the living God upon the foreheads of those who cry over all of the abominations done within Jerusalem by fleshly and carnal men who fill the churches of saints. Such a mark upon the foreheads of those who fear God is the remembrance of God which he has placed in the format of spiritual thoughts in those people who make up the body of Christ. Not all in the church make up the body of Christ, but only these people. Carnal thoughts is a shameful branding or mark of the beast upon the forehead of fleshly Christians who, in fact, don't consider themselves so, but and they don't realize it themselves that they're being branded already. <clears throat> but they don't consider themselves this way, but by the fruit of their lips, confessing carnal desires, in, this, in the plan of seeking anointing apart from the anointer, these people typically desire anointing apart from the anointer because you don't need to pay the price for anointing, but for you do for the anointer. You don't need to pay <clears throat> a price for the gifts of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit will be then their servant, satisfying their whims and for blessing without the blesser. The body of such people have never been the temple of the living God, and it is doubtful that it will ever be able to become a t- temple of the Holy Spirit. The Lord and master of their worship is their wicked wicked king, not acknowledging any authority over himself that is placed over him by God, a priest and a prophet in the form of their new person. And so the wicked king, their mind is what they have made their king, and they don't listen to their new person whom they exchanged for Barabbas in the form of their old man, whom to their own doom considered to be a spiritual person. For many carnal people think that they're spiritual and think that their old man, their Barabbas, they think it's the spiritual person. Worshipping in truth implies a worshipper who is a king, priest, and prophet, or a person who has grown into full measure of growth in Christ and in whose heart the truth in its entirety and clarity is imprinted in the format of the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ. A person who has not grown into the full measure of growth in Christ is in the likeness of the man in the book of Songs of Solomon, who is not able to make a matrimonial union with the truth or with Zion. 
We have a little sister, and she has no breasts. What shall we do for our sister in the day when she is spoken for? If she is a wall, we will we will build upon her a battlement of silver, and if she is a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. I am a wall, this is another speaks, I am a wall in my breast like towers. Then I became in his eyes as one who found peace. Songs of Solomon 8, 8 through 10. If you can imagine, <clears throat> if a person doesn't have this, she's not ready to unite with the truth or with God, and the time comes then for her to die or to be raptured, she goes nowhere except to hell. The wall upon which the tents of silver are built is the work of righteousness or justice, which is a building upon a foundation of justification received freely in Christ Jesus. When we receive justification in the form of Methuselah, now we can build ourselves into a temple of the Holy Spirit, build our hope that we have received freely according to God's grace in the form of the of the woman who has suffered with the blood loss. There, the the leader of the synagogue, he received his justification there, who touched the hem of the garment of Jesus upon the place where God put a remembrance of his name in the form of the twelve apostles accompanying Jesus, who in that moment made up the image of the body of Christ upon whom God had placed a remembrance of his name. At the same time, the door that is overlaid with cedar are gentle or meek lips, rep- because the doors are the lips of a person. Our gentle or meek lips representing in man the tree of life that is grown by them in the Eden of their good and wise heart. And to have this ability, it is necessary to be established in the person whom God has sent. Until, under his leadership, we are grown into the full measure of growth in Christ, able, by listening to the preached word, to unite with the truth of this word. I will read this place again. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, who have been established in him. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8, 31, 32. The truth that is placed in the heart by confirming that the person who preaches this given truth, this person who preaches this given truth is the lips of God, and then confessing with our mouth, this is the known truth. You'll say, how do you know the truth? If you receive the person who is who who represents God's lips and you confess then with your mouth what he says, this is the truth that is known. You have known the truth. With which we have united by the bonds of matrimony that first makes us students of the Lord and second makes us free from the power of sin and servants of righteousness. Knowing truth makes us free from sin and servants of righteousness. And so don't pay attention to the desires of the flesh because a servant of righteousness doesn't depend on emotion. He depends on his enlightened mind and his will and commands his emotions. The emotions will always want what is for the flesh. And so they always want that God give them more anointing, more gifts of the Holy Spirit. In your church, do you have this? Do you have that? These questions are asked. But no one's talking about how to produce fruit to God. Only only by producing fruit to God will you receive your salvation, and not because you will be using gifts of the Holy Spirit, although God is not against the gifts, and He wants that. But, as we said, we need to put the gifts of the Holy Spirit below upon our list of priorities, and the Holy Spirit, and the hunger to be led by the Holy Spirit to be our priority. 
but to know the truth or to unite with it in matrimony, it is necessary to first make a matrimonial union with Zion, symbolizing the body of Christ, in the form of a specific church of saints possessing the virtue of the narrow gate, with the leadership of the person who is clothed into the delegated fathership of God. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you, and as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Isaiah 62, 5. Without having knowledge of these two components in matrimonial union, there cannot be any talk of worshiping God in spirit and in truth, and furthermore, about walking with God either. Fourth component of the price for the right to walk with or before God so that we can please God consisting in us needing to understand the fullness of our oath inheritance which is identified in scripture as faith in the format of of an eternal covenant between us and God so that we can receive the power and ability to walk with God. And such a covenant first includes learning about the format of all of the commandments of the Lord. And second, in other words, our inheritance is identified as the format of the commandments of the Lord and the second, the format of promises that are kept in heaven for us, which we can inherit only in the last times by fulfilling the commandments of the Lord by the power of God, by obeying our faith to God's faith, as it is written. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time 1 Peter 1 3 through 5 I want to pay, uh, focus upon these words he has bore us in the resurrection of Christ to a living hope it's talking about a person not who is born from the seed of, of the word of truth, but a person who had bore his mesocella. Because to build your hope and a, a living hope, a, a living this inheritance, you need to have received the seed of justification and have invested it, grow the seed, and it is grown in the death. And when you grow it, it becomes then the fruit of resurrection, and in resurrection, Methuselah appears. And now this Methuselah needs to be grown. And and growing means walking before God, considering that every commandment which we fulfill and that gives us the right to God's promises has its own specific statute. Every commandment has its statute. That is the commanding instruction explaining how and in what time and in what sequence you need to fulfill the statute of that or other commandment which are called to have we are called to have in our good and wise heart, which we have previously already cleansed from dead works by being taught and instructed in the faith. Since in the heart or in the conscience, which is not cleansed from dead works, the order of the covenant cannot be implemented, consisting of the commandments of the Lord, identifying within our heart the proper power of the kingdom of heaven in the form of grace that reigns in our heart by the means of the work of justice. An un- An uncleansed heart is not able to be a treasury of commandments, identifying the order of the kingdom of heaven within the heart of man, for the fulfillment of which we are called to inherit the eternal promises of God in the format of of our inheritance in the form of our heavenly body. 
In other words, how can you inherit something you don't know about or can't even guess about? For the reason that this knowledge is absent in our heart, that may have something, our heart may have something, but the something will be unfulfilled fantasies, the kind like that in eternity we will all understand, not, and if we don't understand something there, there we'll just understand everything. Not understanding that in eternity our reward will only be what we did understand and what is in our heart today here on earth, within our body. This is what we will inherit in eternity. False imaginations of eternity will be revealed when we cross over to the other side of the river, from the beach of time to the beach of eternity, where waiting for our personal non-existent heaven will suddenly be exchanged for hell and eternal damnation. And this is all because we, in our time, for the benefit of those whom we have chosen to be our leaders, have refused the truth and have chosen deception for truth so that we and so and and this often is in the form of encounters so you can sanctify yourself and uh, repent in your sins not understanding that encounters don't make us uh, free from sin but true sanctification is not possible without knowing the truth and if the chosen uh, leaders of these people would understand uh, would they have walked according to these encounters these demonically inspired encounters being freed from sin pow- the power of sin makes us uh, ma- being free from sin is because of the knowledge of the truth and not because of these encounters and so if we have like the man in the book of the songs of Solomon will have within ourselves the Urim and the Thummim the Thummim being the Word of God and the Urim, the Holy Spirit, that reveals the mysteries of the Thummim, that is symbolically also as the wall that has the two towers, and also the breasts, like towers, that speak of the ability of this person to unite with Zion and unite with the truth as well. Until, by being instructed in the faith, the old man will not be eradicated or the power of it, no encounters or repentance. Uh, in this case, in these encounters, will be able to deliver us from the power of sin. There are works of the flesh, and there are works of the of the devil or the devil himself. And so, where when there are encounters, they try to uh, drive out the works of the flesh as sin. If a person has lust, they say you have the demon of of, of fornication in yourself. We need to re- uh, drive him out. And unfortunately, doing this, then this person becomes. Uh, 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 possessed and uh, they then go further away from where they were and they may be giving their churches uh, great titles but that's all that is until I repeat again being instructed in faith the power of the old man will be eradicated no encounters or any repentance in these uh, encounters will be able to deliver us from the power of sin until we being instructed in faith not understand that our character we inherited from the sinful life of our fathers he cannot be driven out as you drive out demons the character and the desire to sin in yourself is not to be driven out as demons but to be crucified and in this way bind the power of the old man by eliminating his rule within your body 
as it is written, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we, it is done away with by the cross of Christ, when we upon the cross die with Christ, in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ for, the, for our nation, the house of our Father, and our corrupt desires. Uh, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for we, for he who has died has been freed from sin, Romans 6, 5 through 7, receiving into your heart the truth of, of being crucified with Christ, we die for our nation, the house of our Father, and for our corrupt desires, and we become in Jesus Christ God's personal possession, or an organic part of the body of Christ. And in this way, receiving this fragrant truth that is the truth of the cross of Christ, this prepares our body to be buried with Christ Jesus and is according to scripture as preparing yourself or in your body, uh, the body of Jesus for a burial. Being crucified with Christ, we by the law die for the law that bound us together or united us with the old man as our husband and by being crucified with Christ you no, you no longer will be then married to him and can marry another Galatians 2.19.20 for I through the law died to the law that I might live to God I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me and so God lives in man not when you're born from God. No, it is uh, It is not when you're born from God. It is when you're uh, crucified with Christ. <clears throat> and so, for example, you live in the house of your parents. You don't have your house yet, but when you grow and you have purchased your own house, you have built yourself into a temple, now you can invite your Heavenly Father so that He can be Lord and Master within your temple. And so when people come to God, they repent, they are saved, uh, they receive only the guarantee of salvation at this point, and a guarantee is not something they own. The seed that they receive is not fruit. The seed still needs to grow. The guarantee needs to be turned to profit, invested, so you could receive the fruit of justification in the form of Methuselah. And so the price that is required for the right to know our oath inheritance is being crucified with Christ, where we, by the law, die through the, through the law, for the law, and we die for our nation, the house of our Father, and our corrupt desires, so that as a result, then, in the resurrection of Christ, we can receive our Methuselah in the format of the fruit of our righteous justification, uh, which will then also be followed by the adoption of our body, by the redemption of Christ. Fifth component of the price for the right to walk before God so that we can please God consists in the price of producing the fruit of our spirit. Pursuing the goal consisted in preparing your heart for listening to the word of God more than to sacrifice when we go into the house of God to worship God in spirit and in truth. Because preparing your heart to listen or to obey the preached word practically is walking before God or pleasing God. Ecclesiastes 5.1 Walk prudently when you go into the house of God. Watch after your goals. What goal do you have when you're coming into God's house? And draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools. 
for they do not know what that they do evil if Ecclesiastes 5 1 if they don't have the goal of hearing the or listening to the word or the goal is to sing to say something to preach then to pray then they do evil because they don't even know then why are you coming into the house of God in the house of God you come so that you can hear what God will say and not so that you say something to God and if you paid attention then almost all Christian confessions however uh, great titles they may give themselves and their leaders give their churches they think if they call themselves uh, some ki- with some kind of great names then that's what they are a name that actually does not is not applicable to them uh, they will need to pay a, a price of perishing because of these things and when they come to serve God they're focused more on sacrifice than to listening to the Word of God the preached word of his messengers and the reason is because the leaders of these almost all Christian confessions denominations are not people sent by God but those who have placed themselves and have placed others too or people that have been elected democratically by vote which God never intended and will never have any relationship with that's why for the most part uh, of the Christianity they think that the more they will evangelize to the world and the more they will do so-called good works uh, with what their flesh has called them to the the closer they will be to to rapture is what they think but all of this is sacrifice and brought not even on a sanctified altar which is their conscience that is not cleansed from dead works and if it is cleansed then it's not in accordance with the demands of the statutes of the Lord Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Matthew seven twenty two twenty three. It's terrible. And so the component of the price to walk with God is preparing your heart to listen to the preached word with the intention and readiness to immediately fulfill it sixth component of the price for the right to walk before God so that we can please God is the necessity being fruitful in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God we be strengthened with all might according to the to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy as it is written for this reason we also since the day we heard it do do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of, in, of the inheritance. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood. And He delivered us in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, 
He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all these things exist. The phrase, to be strengthened with all might, means the might of perseverance and unearthly joy, which identify are identified not uh, great feelings, but uh, love for righteousness and hatred for wickedness. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Psalm 45, 7. Such regard for righteousness and and wickedness allows us to differentiate good and evil so that we can bear or produce fruit in all good work and grow in knowing God who has called us to take part in the inheritance of the saints in the light, delivering us from the power of darkness and leading us into the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of his beloved son. And so on earth, <clears throat> the kingdom of heaven is his, is his church. Part of it is in heaven, but the rest will soon uh, go to heaven as well, or, be, or the remaining part will soon join those that are in heaven. And so God has led us into our into the church of Jesus Christ in the form of his chosen remnant for as a young man marries a virgin so shall your sons marry you and as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride so shall your God rejoice over you Isaiah 62 5 the Lord will rejoice with us when we will unite in a matrimonial union with our church when when people have phrases what is this church they they cast as shadows upon the church saying uh, what is this church they don't even realize that they are speaking evil and in this way they testify that they don't belong to the church of Christ otherwise they would never say these things their whim was not satisfied something happened and they're already rebellious I had corrected one young person he repented but his father was angry that I made him repent or asked him to repent uh, and he started rebelling saying well I already wanted to leave this church mentioned the great sin that this person committed uh, or what others say we can't uh, or when I tell another uh, couple I can't marry you because you guys don't have the document uh, and they immediately rebel against the church and what kind of church is this uh, the church is an authority that you need to humble yourself with uh, under and if you're told you need to humble your to do something you need to humble yourself the power of true joy is the result of the power of the patience of Christ for you need you you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God you may receive the promise for yet a little while and he who is coming will come and will not tarry now the just shall live by faith but if anyone draws back my soul has no pleasure in him but we Apostle Paul says are not of those who draw back to perdition but of those who believe to the saving of the soul Hebrews ten thirty six through 39 uh, and so patience which is not the fruit of the spirit is just a pitiful cowardness. B- 
because the fruit of patience is overcoming every form of sorrow <clears throat> and trials for the truth <clears throat> and active waiting for the unseen inheritance and uh, sanctification that is revealed to us in the last times. <clears throat> and so the given price to walk before God is the power of patience that with great joy you wait for the fulfillment of the will of God that <clears throat> and the waiting of our salvation and the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. Amen. I think our time is up. May the Lord bless you. Bless your hearts so that you can receive this word for your edification and for your joy. Amen. Dear friends, allow me to again thank our Pastor Akadi for the revelation that he has passed on. And we've heard in a, a sufficient amount of truth that we need to receive and, of course, understand. We had three questions, and you know that these three questions uh, uh, now have a fourth a uh, question that will be coming up and that these are the signs that follow. This will be the fourth uh, question that he is working on that will also consist of a series of sermons. Today, uh, the third question was asked that talk about the price that we need to pay so we can walk before God, so, to walk with God so we can please God. I pay attention uh, when it's talking about Enoch and Methuselah, there are two prices. The first price, what is what we need to do from our side to give God the ability or to give God giving us the ability to walk before Him. And so to to bear our Methuselah, we need to do something so that we can bear Him. And when He's born, we need to pay the price so that we can walk before God. Because Enoch walked uh, with before God when he bore Methuselah, and so to bear Methuselah, there was something he needed to do, something we need to do from our side, and Pastor showed, showed it to us in the example of Jairus, how Methuselah is born, and the uh, bearing of Methuselah is when we confirm our justification, when we receive justification freely by grace, when we're born from the seed of truth, we receive justification in life, but this life is not our resurrection, we are born by the resurrection of Christ. He died and resurrected so that we be born to a new life. But the fact that we're born to a new life, we received not in resurrection, but we received in this life and our justification in, is in life that needs to become resurrection. And it will become life, resurrection when it, we, we uh, understand the teaching of resurrection and that's being born from water, spirit, into the throne. And people confuse this. <clears throat> they say we're born first, or do we receive baptism by water first, and then are born? <clears throat> when, it, when we're talking about birth, there's the life we get receive first, <clears throat> but the life that needs to be lost and reobtained in resurrection. And so we need to be born from God, so that we can receive baptism of water. And in bapt the baptism of water, in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, we make a covenant, a covenant of blood, which allows us to perform God's good will, which allows us to be born from water. And this being born from water is a part of the teaching of the resurrection. 
And so the teaching of resurrection begins when we, in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, die in his death, in his, res- in his baptism. In the, <clears throat> in the given situation, baptism of water. When we die for the world, and in this baptism, he makes a covenant of peace with us and places a seal upon us. You are the holiness of the Lord, and the Lord will place his seal uh, upon us. It's not that when you just feel already uh, ill or something else. No, resurrection is placed as a seal or a mark upon something that God is content with that you actually died for your nation. And he will test us sometimes in our our nation. uh, uh, There may be things that were said about our nation that we maybe didn't like, but today we acknowledge that I have the blemish inside of myself and I die for my nation in the name of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, the Lord will not be able to, through us, bless our nation. And so, this is a very important first component of the price, what we need to do from our side so that our Methuselah can be born, so that and that Methuselah is not born when we receive Jesus as our Savior. It's when we're born from God in the teaching of resurrection, in the doctrine of resurrection, God has bore us to an imperishable inheritance. And when he had bore us, this is the result of death. When we have the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, after it comes the resurrection and the resurrection we receive in this resurrection, we receive this promise by God, Methuselah. And when he's born, we begin to walk before God, doing God's will, performing God's will and pleasing him. And so we can't please God until our Methuselah is born. And so our goal is that he be born. And again, if you ask the question, what, it, what is the birth of Methuselah? This is confirming your justification, confirming your justification, justification we receive freely by grace. It needs to be confirmed. And before he is, it is confirmed, it needs to be correctly received upon God's conditions. How many churches today that, how many are there that actually explain justification accurately? Why is it that as soon as a person repents, they send them to, to missionaries and to, to evangelize and <clears throat> they say you need to do this and that to receive salvation? No, we need to correctly receive justification freely by grace. And if we do something for God, it's only so that, it's not so that we can receive something or uh, somehow earn something but we do something for the Lord. Uh, if we do works of, of righteousness, it's because we are his sons and not because we, uh, to, to earn something, that we need to repent, come and repent and receive this justification correctly. So that, and to confirm our justification, we need to first accurately receive it. And then you need to correctly uh, keep what you correctly received. Then the Lord will be able to confirm it and confirm this justification and the confirmed justification is the born Methuselah. And when Methuselah is born, <clears throat> or when our justification is confirmed in God, upon it is God's seal, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then we began walking before God, as Enoch did for 300 years. Uh, and the Lord needs us to walk in this kind of state for a sufficient amount of time. And so <clears throat> we need to have all of this and that imperishable inheritance <clears throat> to which God has bore us. He bore us in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We need to be uh, 
conformed to, with him in his death and also in his resurrection and the likeness of his death and then his resurrection and when when in the likeness of his arrest his resurrection the lord has bore us to an inheritance undefiled without blemish undefiled that is ready to be revealed in the last days those who for those who are kept for salvation those who walk before god pleasing him and so today we were presented with the price what price we need to pay so that we can please god and i looked at <clears throat> this and i see we have this we have the price that we need to pay to walk before god <clears throat> when pastor was explaining in the last sermon uh the 12 uh the 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 12 components of of this inheritance this incorruptible and undefiled inheritance he identified the 12 <clears throat> And so today, if you present it to a religious person, they'll say, we also have this. The scriptures say, the harlot, she had linen, fine linen and purple and scarlet and all the precious stones and even the pearl. All was found in Babylon. And one small ingredient that Jerusalem didn't have. There was the blood of the righteous who were killed in Babylon. That's the only difference between Jerusalem and Babylon. In Babylon, everything was that Jerusalem was. It's a counterfeit to Jerusalem, but Babylon has one component. There was the blood of the anointed of God who are not received and who are rejected. And so for us to not just rejoice uh, quickly Oh, I have this and this. I need to first determine, do I have Methuselah? Could I confirm the justification? And the and the Lord says, you will confirm it when you keep it, and you will keep it when you correctly receive it. And you will receive it when you commit a sin, you come out to the altar, you repent for that sin, you leave it, you condemn it, and you reject it. And then the the hems of Christ are here at the altar, the place where we come and the place we approach. And not all can touch these hems, the hem of, of Christ's garment. The woman, she suffered with uh, the loss of blood for 12 years. And we need to understand this elementary teaching of Christ needs to saturate us so much so and affect us that we can come out here and touch the hem of the, the garments of Christ and so she was not just the 12 years but also with Christ were the 12 disciples and the 12 apostles they were the place where the remembrance of the Lord's name is and his name the remembrance of his name is where there is God's order the theocratical system or structure and there Christ himself was who said he is the day and are there not uh, 12 hours in a day and so we saw the symbolic number 12 in Jesus Christ in his disciples and in the 12 years that she suffered with the blood loss where she in the death of, of Jesus Christ uh, uh, lost her nation the house of her father and her corrupt desires this uh, life in the, of the flesh was uh, leaving her she was ready to lose them in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and she did lose them and she confirmed 
she touched the hem of the garments of Christ, and she confirmed her justification. And after this, after she confirmed her justification, the spirit uh, was in a broken state where she no longer can uh, trust upon herself. She only can trust upon Christ until her spirit is in a broken state, and it will be broken in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. God doesn't kill the spirit. He leads the soul through the process of death, and the spirit becomes broken at this point, and our spirit cannot use some of its qualities. Some of its qualities during this brokenness uh, are lost at that time. They will disappear and leave us. And yesterday we were communicating uh, with Pastor, and he said during the time of the breaking of our spirit, some of the qualities uh, uh, we won't be able to use of our spirit at that time. Will do because they will be lost. I won't go too far into this. He'll say one thing remains, the ability to trust upon the information. Trust upon information. When Christ was in hell, he had nothing except the knowledge and information I know that in the third day I will rise again. I just know. I don't feel anything. I know this. It's very interesting. Pastor says, I will will show how in signs uh, do we walk before God, and he'll show us the great example and explain. I can't state a lot of these truths. ahead of time, um, but only the things that we have already heard and that has been placed upon our heart, upon our table of showbreads. Until the Apostle explains them and places them upon our table of showbreads, uh, these revelations, I don't have the right to uh, work with those breads. Until he, he speaks these things and you hear them and receive them and I with you, then I as the water and, and will be able to help work with this. But until you hear this truth, I can't in any way have the right to go ahead of him because I'm not the planter or I'm not the person who places the ta- the breads upon the table. <clears throat> I'm the water. I'm the one who, with you, remove or take these breads and convert them to prayer. And not just me, but all of the helpers of pastor uh, who are as the waters. If they hear the truth, don't go ahead and don't uh, just start mentioning things here and here and here. Let the church as a whole hear the truth from the messenger uh, because sometimes when you give or you relay something <clears throat> ahead of time, you may not give complete information of what you heard. And so I call every person to this place, a holy person who wants to confirm his justification conf- and confirmation is possible upon the condition that you correctly keep it and correctly receive it. And we will receive this justification <clears throat> upon this place by repenting in our sins and uh, we will wait for here at, for you here at the altar.
I will be praying our prayer and I want you to deeply believe that God is on your side. He's not against you. He has loved us with an eternal love. He has given us the work of His redemption. He has stood between us and our enemies to defend us and lift us up to His level. Close your eyes. This is your secret room. Lift your hands to heaven. This is a sign that your hand is without wrath or doubt. Pray together with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you and upon this holy place in the church of your holy nation, I open my heart so that you may see my pain, my suffering, my wounds inflicted by sin and lust, which I hate and that I reject. I come to you with my dependence with sin that I'm bound with, illnesses, fears, a pampered dignity, and dishonor. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal my wounds, restore me, and protect me with the blood of your Son. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed. I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May He look upon you with His great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they will not touch you. May the blessing of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills be on you, and may upon the place where the stronghold of death was may the stronghold of life be erected in its place may all this be upon you and your children and the nation shall say Amen While you're taking your seats, we have a couple of announcements, if you will allow me. First, I would like to call out our young people, Azar and Irina. If you can please come out here. If you can applaud them. If you can please come out here. This is a bride and groom. They are promised. We had a conversation with them and pastor has allowed them to be announced and they know the rules that are to be followed as a bride and a groom and then the rules that of course that a husband and wife have. How a husband and wife behave and how a bride and a groom behave. There are a lot of limits a lot of limits and we need to not forget them so if you will see them together do not be uncomfortable because they are bride and groom and they are preparing and soon they will have a wedding may you be blessed you may take your seats and also 
I would like to call out Vladimir. He says, I, Vladimir, would like to become a member of the church. You can please come out. Again, he has spoken with Pastor, and he has made it known that he wanted to be a member, and he has been coming and attending for some time, and time has passed, and he has come up to us again and has asked if he can now become a member so he can unite with Zion so that he can then unite with the truth of God so that what I hear so that I have the legitimate right to it and we said yes of course and I of course asked our pastor he has approved it to receive him and to bless this holy person of God and accept him as a member stretch out your hand and we will pray and bless him Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for Vladimir, who today has the desire to join the ranks and join your church to unite with Zion and to unite with your truth, so that all of those precious truths that we hear, that we receive and keep upon this place, that they can be accepted and received and confirmed in his heart and his life and the confessions of his mouth. And so according to this, we receive him and we bless him from your holy place May the Lord bless you. May the Lord look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they will not touch you. May upon you the blessing of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills be, and all this be upon you and be fulfilled upon you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Vladimir, welcome. If you wanted to say something to Pastor Arkady, thank you, our Pastor Arkady. Thank you that even not being a member of the church, you were always a spiritual leader for me. You prayed for me. And I always, with great thanksgiving, received all of your spiritual truth and your revelations. Thank you very much for everything. Thank you for all of you as well, brothers and sisters. May the Lord protect you. And so I don't have anything else to add except our manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.